When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I didn't listen to the man leading into the draft lottery, and I learned my lesson. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Five o'clock hour, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. This guy, he usually joins us at about 420 on Tuesdays, but he's joining us right now on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Catch him on Fox Sports North broadcast of Twins Baseball. Former twin himself, Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well. What did you make of the Jorge Polanco bunt in the eighth inning last night? That was the subject of, <laughs> of much debate since that game was played. Yeah, you know, I I don't hate it. Um, I, I would Personally, I would rather uh, see him swing the bat there. But um, I, it's not an awful play at, at all. And, uh, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight if – if he had moved the guys over like he did, and uh, Twins go, you know, cruise walk, uh, Rosario double, or you know, and win the game, so, you know, then they were on man. That's a, that's that's an okay play. Since it didn't work out, we don't like it. We don't like the fact that they, <laughs> arguably the three best hitters, uh, didn't all get cracks at it, right? Um, but having said that, without the benefit of of hindsight, I don't hate the play. I just I I would rather have seen. Polanco swing the bat there and, and give all three of those guys uh, a chance. The one thing you have to you have to give them uh, a little bit of leeway, and I think Rocco was, you know, talking about this. I think Rocco will say, "Hey, you're leading the league in hitting. Uh, next time, you know, drive the runs in." <laughs> but you also have if he, he hasn't been swinging the bat all that well of late. Maybe he didn't have a good feeling about it. Who knows? And he thought, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to be an easy out. I'm going to move the runners over. It's part of the maturing process and, and part of the process of him acknowledging the kind of hitter that he is becoming and, and will be. And when you're going to be that kind of hitter, you got to drive those runs in. Right. What's your feeling about bunting in 2019 now? Because this seems to be, to me, among the old guard and the new guard in baseball, one of the biggest hot-button topics What's your assessment of decisions, uh, both by teams and players, as was the case with Polanco, uh, to bunt in this day and age of baseball? Well, I, you know, going back, taking a little history uh, uh, into account, you know, Gene Mock, uh, for example, was a big advocate uh, of um, uh, of bunting, especially even early, and people people criticized him for that, but. In his brain, all the all the times that he watched games, the team 
he said the team that scores first, you know, generally wins, you know, 70 or 80 percent of the time. I actually think that's been, you know, borne out with analytics. Uh, he also liked to put uh, pressure on the pitcher. He liked, he, he thought pitchers pitched differently with runners in scoring position than they did with, you know, just a guy on first, for example. So that was, that was his view about it. It wasn't just automatic, uh, oh, this is the baseball rule book. You got a butt. I mean, there was, there was a reason for it as there was everything in, in Gene's mind, for example. I think analytics nowadays actually show that there's not that big an advantage. And you guys probably know this better than I because I don't follow the analytics that closely, but I read somewhere that um, the analytics are saying now that you're better off, you know, giving your guys a chance to swing away. I think it's, it, bunting is going by the wayside because of the way the ball's traveling and because of how big and strong the guys are and because everybody wants to hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, and teams have said, they shrugged their shoulders and said, okay. Twins lost uh, two zip last night, Roy. But if you watch that ball game, how great was, was that game? And that pitching matchup to me, Barrios Porcello was absolutely fantastic. And and the fact too that Barrios got off to that rough start, first three uh, socks hit the ball hard, and, and then he made an adjustment and retired nineteen consecutive. But to me, if you were to script a baseball game, last night was the perfect baseball game because that was two really good teams and two just fantastic pitchers. Well, all true. Everything you said was, uh, you know, is absolutely uh, true. Uh, Brios gave up a hard hit ball and a couple of balls that were okay hit, not uh, not rockets. And then a great offensive team in the Boston Red Sox had no chance against him. Absolutely no chance. And I'm sure that somebody on the Red Sox side is saying that about Porcello against the uh, a real good Twins lineup as well. So you and and what I tweeted out last night was sometimes games come along and. You, you can honestly say it's a joy and a privilege that you got a chance to watch it. That was one of those last night, and it was a uh, it, it was a it, it was an example of pitching on both sides at its very best. Those guys were making quality pitch after quality pitch to really good hitters, and and hitters just didn't look like they had a chance. Talking with Roy Smalley of the Fox Sports North broadcast of First Place Twins Baseball. He's brought to us by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. Right after the Polanco bunt is where things really went wrong for the Twins when uh, Cruz, he squibs one out there. And Jonathan Scope gets caught up in the rundown between third and home. Do you have any idea what Max Kepler was thinking, retreating to second on that instead of taking third when it was vacated by the rundown? No, I, I, I mean, I think... I really don't. There were two things that he could have had on his mind. One is, hey, he might get out of this, so I better get back to second and give him a chance, you know, to get out of it. Or uh, he just uh, kind of had a um, had a bit of a brain cramp and and said, if he's coming back, I got to go. I mean, you know, in that situation, you just take third and they come down and tag one of them out, and and uh, hopefully the other the batter runner gets to second base on, on that. But uh, it, it it didn't work out that way. Roy, we were talking earlier about some some trade speculation, as we are wont to do here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, he's talking about the Madison Bumgarner trade and says it makes sense for teams to do that sooner rather than later. Now, he does make the distinction that if you have a big division lead like the Twins do, that there isn't really an urgency to add starting pitching because you're more getting that guy for what he does for you in October if a division race seems over. But... He makes a distinction that the Twins 
being an American League team, would benefit from getting Bumgarner over here earlier to learn American League batters. How long a process do you think that is for a pitcher of the caliber of Madison Bumgarner? I don't think it would be that long. I I really don't. Uh, I think the hitters would be, uh, the first time around, the hitters would be at more of a disadvantage than uh, Bumgarner would uh, would be. Now the second time around that you you see uh, him, maybe the... It, it evens out a little bit, but you know you get in the second half of the season here, and, and you're not going to see that many uh, teams twice. Uh, so uh, I, I really think it's uh, getting someone like that uh, right now. What you're doing is is saying uh, these are the if we had somebody like Bumgarner, uh, we're doing that for the four guys we want pitching in the postseason. So right, the Yankees are going to get Stanton and Judge back. And then they go out and make a trade for Incarnacion with Seattle. <laughs> I, I swear to you, it is if it's as if they, they looked at the Red Sox and the Twins and these clubs that can hit, and they are prepared to try to win a playoff game if need be, seventeen to fifteen. <laughs> Seriously? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's true. It's just it's uh, it, it's sometimes the truth is funny, and and. <laughs> Um, I, I think they, they uh, as much as looking at the other teams, they're looking at their own pitching staff a bit and saying, well, um, we might have to slug it out. So uh, let's, let's get uh, all the guys that we can, uh, that, that we can muster. Uh, one through nine, they can hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, and you know, they've got – that's a problem for the American League East and the whole American League, actually, because – uh, they've got their shortstop back, and LeMahieu's hitting the, hitting well, and now they're getting Judge uh, and Stanton back. And depending on how quickly they come back, uh, that lineup is um, is pretty stout, to say the least. Better than the Twins? Well, I'm not going to say that. I mean, who knows? It, it, it's uh, you know, we'll we'll see in the postseason because that's who it's going to be most likely, and and. Uh, you know, it all it all comes down to um, it all comes down to pitching, and and I don't think that the Yankees are necess- Yankee hitters are necessarily better against Twins pitchers than the Twins hitters are against Yankee pitchers. So we have to we have to look at it that way. Roy, let me ask you something as as the former player. I I came here and I started immediately to hear about the history that the Twins have with the Yankees franchise and. It is not pleasant, to say the least. When you're a player, though, who's had nothing to do with those struggles against another team in particular, is that something that plays into your psyche at all, that historically the Twins have struggled against the Yankees, and especially in some some pretty important spots in the postseason? No, I don't think Nelson Cruz cares. I don't think C.J. Crone cares, and I'm pretty sure... Uh, Marwin Gonzalez uh, and Jonathan Scope don't, you know, don't really care about that. And and so I I, I think that uh, if you're a new player on a on a team, and especially if there are four key ones like that, I think you have a bigger influence, a positive influence on the other guys than the the history that the record has on on you as one of those good new players. So I, I, I the only time that I ever experienced something like that was when I got traded to the Yankees and the first time we went into Seattle, um, Greg Nettle, we, we lost a ball game or maybe it was before the first game. I just remember either, either before the first game or after losing the first game, Nettle said to me around the batting cage, we can't beat these guys here in here, you know, in this, <laughs> in this dome, you know, we just, we, and I'm looking at him like, 
we are so much better than those guys. How can that, you know, how can that be? And it was, it was just one of those three things where Seattle handled the Yankees real well, especially in their home dome there. But it sure didn't affect me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like I'd hit really well in the, um, in the kingdom. I couldn't wait to get in there, whether I was playing for the Yankees or anybody else. Players don't care, right? No, players don't care. So they really don't care. I, yeah. I guarantee you, Eddie Rosario, when he goes to, when he, when he goes to the plate in, in Yankee Stadium, he's not thinking about how many times that, uh, twins have lost to the Yankees over the last 15 years. I mean, he just doesn't care. Hey, Roy, how, how soon do you think that this team needs to go? And it doesn't have to be a, a great pitcher, but how soon do the twins need to go get bullpen help? Because to me, the bullpen's getting taxed. And you've got you've got some guys outside of Taylor who I think is very good. You've got some guys who I believe can play roles, but if too much is asked, it's a problem. That's the one thing where I think that you're you're getting to critical mass here, where it's going to be a good idea uh, to get some support there. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that, and and you know I obviously I felt that way last November when I started you know lobbying for them to get Kimbrel. Yep. And, um, and we've talked about, uh, that. And, and I think the twins front office has tipped their hand a little bit, but I think they made a bona fide effort to, uh, see if they could uh, bring Kimbrell in for a reasonable, uh, under reasonable terms. I, I think they made a real, real strong effort and it ultimately didn't make sense. But what they're saying is, yeah, I mean, they're tacitly acknowledging that you know we need we need some bullpen help in, in, in that's the way I would take it so I would look for that um, sooner rather than later if I were the boss which I'm not and so it doesn't matter what I think <laughs> well no but I think you're I right do. that's that's what I would do I think you're right. Your thoughts on the fact that one Joseph Maurer, Roy Smiley, on Saturday night in what was a great ceremony put on by the Twins, spent 11 and a half minutes at a microphone in the middle of a packed stadium giving a very nice speech. He hasn't spent 11 and a half minutes in front of a microphone in the last six years he played. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> That's what impressed no, very me. Very cool. You know, very, very cool. Um, I, I think... I, I, I was really, really glad about that because it, it shows people that, I mean, people talk about uh, what a classy guy Joe has always been. And then there's detractors are saying, you know, I don't, you know, you know, prove it. He doesn't lead in the clubhouse and blah, 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 all that stuff. Joe is a classy guy. And it's another, this showed another side of him that gives people uh, more, uh, 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 ammo and more substantiation of the fact that this guy's a solid guy. That's Roy Smalley, former twin. Catch him on the broadcast of First Place Twins Baseball on Fox Sports North and every Tuesday here on Mackey and Judd with Rami is brought to us by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. Thanks for being flexible with us today, Roy. Always appreciate it. Sir. Thanks, Roy. Yeah, you bet. See you guys. All right, bye-bye. There's Roy Smalley. Always We're, great stuff. He always, is fantastic. Always really, really good. We're going to get into some uh, very, very reckless Wolves speculation. There's a ton of it out there. In just a few minutes. One involving a really big name who I thought was unmovable, but evidently half the league wants him. And an even bigger name. Really? Who nobody wants to move. Really? It's coming up in just a minute. 
Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami in the uh, TCL Broadcast Studios and on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Get it, your one-stop shop for everything on demand, streaming live, and all the written content from scorenorth.com. The more you stream us live, the more points you rack up to earn rewards from us because we love you here at Score North. That's available in the Apple and Google Play stores and free. Free. Free? It's free. Oh, wow. That's a good deal. Yes. Absolutely. I'm in. Free. Count me in. All this hot, hot content we bring you here. Including this. On Score North. Including this. Reckless speculation from the NBA just a couple days ahead of the NBA draft. Reckless speculation. And I'm going to go ahead and say some of this is very, very reckless. Because I don't know how reliable this. Do you need that this quali- particular source? Do you source need is. that qualifier in this in Extremely this environment? reckless. This is from Trey Rodriguez. So is this like driving a car on a cliff without a brake? After you've cut the brakes, yes. Okay. Which I've been known to do. Yes, you have. Who is Trey Rodriguez? You ask. Trey Rodriguez says in his Twitter bio, and he has two thousand seven hundred ninety nine followers. That's not insignificant. That he covers the NBA for Hoops, Inc. Never heard of it. And covers St. John's basketball for Rumble SBN. Oh, yeah, big fan. Whatever that is. Uh, Sports Sports Broadcast Network. Okay. Anyway, get to it. Trey says that the Timberwolves are aggressively shopping Andrew Wiggins per league source. Well, that's I'm sure that's true. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? We, that they'd be shopping him? Yeah, that is that is step one, yeah. Trey also says, though, teams have also placed calls about Carl Anthony Towns, not that Minnesota is necessarily looking to move him. Hashtag Timberwolves. Okay. Uh, so somebody tweeted at Doogie and at John Krasinski. I'm guessing you haven't heard anything on this. Doogie says, and you can hear the scoop with Doogie at scorenorth.com, the Scorenorth mobile app. <laughs> Teams inquire on guys all of the time, especially this time of the year. Cat isn't going anywhere. Don't waste your time. John Krasinski says, agreed. He's the one untouchable. And Trey Rodriguez quoted both of those and said, bingo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, what? wait, hold on hold a second. Hold on, what? Wait, 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 I'm Rami. sorry, what, Trey? Rami. What just happened, buddy? Rami, 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 Rami. <laughs> you could have woken up this morning and stumbled to your computer. What does that mean, bingo? And and gone to, well, no, and gone to your account at uh, Rami is tweeting. Yes. And tweeted that exact same thing, and you would have been right. True. Teams are calling about Cat. No question. The Wolves aren't very good. You yourself, um... Months ago, months ago, before Rosas was hired, spelled out a scenario under which you would shop cat where it would make sense. So, but but I think you're crazy. But if you're with another team, your scenario, okay, I'm going to make that call. Andrew Wiggins aggressively being shot by the Wolves also makes a ton of sense. So everything he tweeted makes perfect sense. It's just that if you had asked me, do you think this is happening? We could have been like, oh yeah, that that's happening. I don't. I'm sure so it's not. It's not reckless speculation. It's entirely accurate speculation that anybody could make. But what's either side saying? Are the wolves saying, "Oh yeah, we're talking about. We'd be glad to talk about cat." My guess is absolutely not to hang up the phone. But then when they call teams back and but you know who we're shopping, Andrew Wiggins, they hang up the phone. The other side, right? You would think so. 
Did you come across, <clears throat> I refer you to the website heatnation.com? I did not. Jonathan, please do the honors. Reckless speculation. I haven't had this sent to me in some shape or form. I might have because my girlfriend is part of Heat Nation. She's a member of Heat Nation. If she's not sending you this, I get serious questions about your relationship with her. Because <laughs> if she's part of Heat Nation, she's not sending you this. Did she send me this? You know, you'd like to you'd like Tell to think she wakes up in the morning and the first thought is let me look I miss the, my Ronnie. Let me look through the DMs. Which is how we met, by the way. She slid into the DMs. Hey, the you know what? I got that's I'm no casting no aspersions towards that. I think that's great. Thank you. Heatnation.com. Did she send me this? While you look for this, I'll read it to you. I have the tra- she sent me the Trey Rodriguez thing. That's where I saw that. The Miami Heat are reportedly one of the teams that have shown interest in trading for Minnesota Timberwolves forward Andrew Wiggins. And then it gives Wiggins stats, blah, blah, blah. I think he sent me Although the 24-year-old has shown flashes of superstar potential, <clears throat> that's debatable throughout his career, having averaged 20-plus points per game in two separate seasons, the Heat would lose valuable future cap space if they acquired Wiggins. A potential trade could involve sending James Johnson and Deion Waiters to the Timberwolves in exchange for Wiggins. But the issue with that would be would be that Miami would then be spending more money this season and be adding two more years of salary. That's from HeatNation.com. All she, she did send me a DM. All she said was, there are heat rumblings about trying to get Wiggins. I am going to be so pissed. Oh, so she's just a fan. <laughs> I get but she didn't send you the link. No. Okay, that's it. She sent me the link to uh, our okay. guy Trey Rodriguez's report. So do you trust HeatNation.com? They've been on some things before. Because I have no idea who they are, and I dismissed it, but it sounds like you have knowledge. They've been on some things before. Okay. I don't think they're totally... Irresponsible. Discreditable, if that's a thing. Okay. All right, so I just gave you what... And Patrick Riley does seem like a guy who's arrogant enough to think I can fix him. That's very true. With Andrew Wiggins. That's true. Doesn't he? Doesn't he seem like that kind of guy? Oh, yes. Yes, he does. And I have always said in sports, that team always exists. And I think he might be that dude. Okay, that trade I just gave you. All right. If if that's on the table potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do I do you like it. Yes. Okay. Any way that I can get rid of Andrew I'm, Wiggins? I'm with you, but I'm just curious. I'm down. I have one more piece of somewhat reckless speculation concerning the Minnesota. Reckless speculation. Jonathan Giveney of Draft Express, who is credible, credible, credible is the word I was trying to say, has the blue check gotcha. mark and everything, John. He says, Casual conversation between two friends. Darius Garland, who suddenly is the hottest commodity in the NBA draft, is just shooting up draft boards. Danny Cunningham is very excited about what you're about to say. Number four on some people's draft board. Yes, sir. Says Darius Garland will conduct a last-minute workout in Terrytown with the New York Knicks tomorrow, a source told ESPN. Garland is in serious consideration for the number three pick, Minnesota, Boston, Chicago. Our team's looking at potentially trading up to number four with Garland in mind. Your thoughts? I mean, I don't know enough on this player to... These guys who shoot up the draft board, yeah, the way he is suddenly in the days leading up to the draft, always scare me. You know who did this? Tyrus Thomas. Yeah, sure. Tyrus Thomas was a guy who did this. Yes. 
I mean, he did a lot of his damage in the tournament, and that's where he sort of made a name for himself. And then people started seeing him in combines and this freakish athleticism and the huge wingspan. And everybody thought, wow, look at this guy. And he was just shooting up draft boards and then was one of the biggest busts. That scares me a little bit. If Gerson can trade Wiggins in the next few weeks, do we do a parade down 94 for him? Or just down a trade just, parade. I've never just, heard of a trade parade. Think about this. Think about this, you guys. If this guy comes here and trades that anchor for anything, he gets a ton of credit. Statue? Does he get a statue? Do you start building? Re- the- if he lands like D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, then yes, he gets the parade. Well, that that'd be part of the plan. Yes, but it can't just be the trade and then you just get rid of Wiggins. Get in D'Angelo okay. Russell. If he does both of those things yes. within the next month plus. He's a miracle worker. Does he become the top executive in this town? E- ooh, Derek no, Fal- you still got to give that to Falvey. Falvey? But, oh boy, if you get rid he of that contract. He makes a quick jump up that list, though. Until we start seeing results from the moves that Rosas makes, because we're seeing results okay. from Falvey. But this brings up a great question. Current chief executive rankings in this town, which to me go Falvey and Thad, too. But yeah. Falvey, one. Um, Spielman? Do I go Rick, two? I think you got to go Rick too. Because I don't know enough about right Rosas. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Rosas three, Fenton eight. <laughs> fair. Fenton I think that's eight. fair. Well, Cheryl eight Reeves above Fenton. There's a lot of people above Fenton. There's a guy running an ice arena in Richfield somewhere who right, right now Jeez. is above Fenton. They don't have an analytics department right now, okay? I like the people. At, How do you at the not? Wild. I don't know anything about hockey. I know. I know. I don't know. No. I don't, How do you I, not you have an analytics you know department? They had one in 2019. And then they just dumped it. Judd's Hockey Show, um, scorenorth.com. And where where else? Can, Score North can Mobile you find? app, Judd. Scorenorth.com. Okay. Wherever you download podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Lindsay, we're everywhere. Lindsay Declan and I did a, a Judd's Hockey Show today. You can go there to hear all the complaining about the current state of the, uh, of the wild. But I would go, my executive rankings right now would go Falvey, Levine, one, Spielman, two, Rosas, three, uh, Fenton, last. When you say they don't have an analytics department, like did they were they just not happy with their analytics department, so they fired it and they're going to hire a new one? Uh, or are they just going without no, in 2019? No, uh, I don't know the plan, uh, but I, I they fired they fired their, they fired one person, and one person left to take, I think, another job. And so my assumption is, you well, you can't not have one. Their analytics department was two people? I don't know how deep it went, but it was two primary people. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. There's um, My team's got some problems. <laughs> anyway, if Gerson Rosas can pull off, Jonathan's right. If he can trade Andrew Wiggins to Miami oh, and gets D'Angelo worker. Russell, yeah. he gets a parade, and I say we close down 94 and we do it between Minneapolis and St. Paul. Parade and a statue. Start sculpting the Gerson Rosas statue outside of Target Center. Actually, you know what we if do? Pulls that off. We take the Sid statue down and we put the Rosas statue there. I'm good with that. I'm totally good with that. You know, because, I mean, Sid statue, I don't know. What's wrong with the Sid statue? I don't know what's necessary, but the Gerson statue would be. And he can just have his arms extended out. just trying out. to take out all the pillars today. He, and Gerson's <laughs> arms can be extended out as he as he accepts the kudos that he would so richly deserve. I would I would build the statue to have him waving goodbye to Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> just have a 22 in the background? Yeah. Like a Andrew Wiggins thing? Exactly. I would build a statue like halfway down the block of Wiggins walking with his bags out of town. Did you see the Brett Favre story today? No. 
I just saw this. Now, What's now, the old gunslinger up to? Okay, so uh, early in today's show, I saw a note on Twitter that said Brett Favre's Instagram account has been deleted, so the reports must have been wrong. And I'm like, what reports? I found this from the New York Post. NewYorkPost.com. It reads, it's quick, it reads, Brett Favre isn't returning this time around. The legendary quarterback blamed a hack for a short-lived Instagram post on his official account that indicated he would be returning to the gridiron in 2020. <laughs> Quote from from the post, oh, no, not the paper, not the paper, but from the Favre post on Instagram. From the fake post. From the fake post, <laughs> by yes. By the hacker. By the New York Post story. A true champion... A true champion sticks to his or her calling, read the Post Tuesday evening, since deleted, but screen grabbed by the New York Post. I will be coming out of retirement, making my return to play in the NFL for the 2020 season. Stay tuned for more news. Favre later told TMZ Sports that his account had been hacked, and the account now has been deleted. The Instagram account. The whole account was deleted, or just the post? No, he deleted the Instagram account. Wow. That's an Somebody hacked step. into it. But... As I told Rami during the break, I got to be honest. If I had seen this firsthand, I would have been like, "I believe it." He's come back. What if? Not only would I believe it, I want to see it. What if the NFL part of that it, post yeah. was just a diversion? He's actually joining Vince McMahon's league the as the marquee star. Twenty twenty starts up. Brett Favre's the marquee name. It's how you get into watching it. Brett Favre. I would believe it. I want to see it. So do I. And, and, wow. I wouldn't be surprised. I love where this is going. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that wasn't a fake post by a hacker, but Brett Favre really was planning on coming back, and somebody later talked about it and was like, let's say it was a hacker, take this thing down. Deanna did? Probably. She saw it and like, no, 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 we're not doing this again. Jonathan's... Idea, XFL though. man, can you imagine that? Because what if Vince you would give up him the sixteen million dollars it would take to have him play eight games of XFL. What play? if you gave him stock in the wrestling stuff? Because yeah. he he would need to get something huge. Yeah, gave him some type of ownership in the XFL, which wouldn't be great, but also it extended to the McMahon Empire. That might be one of the few things that could get me to watch the XFL. But I really think oh, I'd for sure watch. No, I really think I'm, I'm in right now. I don't care how old he is. I oh, think Brett Favre on the field. I'm watching. He's going to be 50 in October. With an off season of training, Brett Favre is in the upper half of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, I don't know if you should be saying that with your weird quarterback list, but he's in the upper half. Yeah, you you like him. <laughs> you have a weird quarterback he's, list. He's a top 15 QB. <laughs> if you put, if you okay, okay, let's let's go down this path. He's a top 15 QB in this league right now at 50 years. I old. don't agree because he could be hit. And and he's old enough now that that would be a problem. Have you but, seen the guy? But he's hold on built a like Thor. But hold on a second. What if the XFL signed Favre mm-hmm. and put in a rule that quarterbacks couldn't be hit? Put a red jersey on him. Basically, yes. What if that is one of the rules in the new XFL? Because if you guaranteed Favre, Brett, you can't be hit hard. It's two end touch on the quarterback, so you're but not, everybody yes. else you can hit. Yes. I'm not kidding here. I don't like it. I don't like it, but if it wait, gets Brett on. Favre on wait, the field... Wait, 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 Rami, you can't say that. You, you've um, said before that you're not going to watch this league regardless. Well, unless, yeah. No, I'm not going to But this would get this you league. to watch this? So who cares? Brett Favre might. I'm not saying that the National Football League should bring him back and do this, but the XFL. If the XFL came down today and said, Brett Favre is our marquee player, and he's going to be on the Dallas team, 
and he can't be hit because our quarterbacks are going to wear, as you guys just said, red jerseys. You would watch that league in a heartbeat. I don't know why he has to go to the XFL. He's better than Eli Manning right now. Because you can't, because he's not going to come back and get hit. I mean, he's not going to, I know he's built. He's crazy enough. Isn't he crazy enough? Crazy enough. Okay. There's the teams in the XFL, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Washington. Who's getting him? Houston would be close. Well, it's the team that would be close enough to his home in Mississippi, right? Yeah, Yeah. it'd probably be Houston. So it's probably Houston? Probably. I might watch that. I All right. might watch that. So let's. I'm in. I'm sold already. So we're talking about the rules being tailored towards something that would get him to jump back in. The reason I, I've said I'm not going to watch the XFL and didn't watch the AAF or any of these other attempts at spring football is that the quarterback play just isn't good enough. But if Brett Favre is that quarterback. That might be good enough for one team. So I'd watch that one team. And that's it. What if the rest of the league is like. I know Joe Montana can't do it because he's just all washed up quarterbacks. Shoulder now. Steve Young, you pull yeah, Steve Young out of Steve retirement. Young back in. You would have Dan to have Marino. a rule that couldn't be hit. Yeah, that would have to be the rule because what if you with did Young, that? you've Could got you concussion get these problems. These old guys back in and just have actually decent quarterback play. Well, they wouldn't be able to. Who move, can still? Who can still throw? Favre for sure can still throw. Favre absolutely could. Rami's right. Favre can still throw. Mike Vick can sling it. Oh, okay. Yes. Steve, he's playing in a Steve professional flag football league. Steve Young, my guess is no. By this point, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's been out long enough. He looks sort of doughy. I don't know. I bet Dan Marino can still sling that thing. Okay. I think Dan Marino might want to, yeah. I'd buy that one. I'd buy Mike Vick, Brett Favre, if those Marino. Are third, I'd buy if, that. Those are the first three quarterbacks announced, or first three players announced for the XFL 2020. Are you watching the rest of the league? Yes. Or just those three teams? Just those three teams. Well, hold on. No, no. I would I would find quarterbacks then to stock. Yeah. If you're going with three, I think you got to stock Randall everybody. Randall Cunningham? Ooh, that might be a little too long. Ago. I don't think he would do it. I think he is. He's a pastor now, right? I'm I don't sure. think he would do it. It would have to be guys who could still throw the football, wouldn't be hit, and have any desire at all to be back in the spotlight. But Brett Favre is not coming back. Just to be clear, if any of you came across that Instagram post, Brett but it's Favre, Favre, it's Favre is now. Not coming so back. So the window is open as of today. We don't think he's coming back. We don't think so. But we've seen this act before. What if he's going to celebrate birthday fifty by making a comeback? We do know that Patrick Royce will be back on this show right after this. We wrap with Royce, Mackie, and Judd with Rami. Score North fifteen hundred and the Score North mobile app. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison, TCL broadcaster. It's time to wrap with Royce. How are you, sir? I'm just fine. I'm uh, out in the uh, on the road. I got stopped down, and I'm committing a felony here come August first. Uh, talking on the telephone, but luckily it's not <laughs> August first yet, so that's okay. Is that something that I'm just passed? Out, I'm on my way to I'm on my way to Woodbury for a very crucial eight year old machine pitch game, uh, and uh, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, hoping that uh, the last time I was there, the boys uh, pulled out a 14-13 victory. It was a thriller. And it was fun, though, because I heard two kids from the other team talking how it was a tie, and I said, no, you lost. Of course you did. <laughs> two guys were saying, eh, it was a tie. No, I said, you lost. You lost. <laughs> did, did they start crying? Parents convince- oh, no. I said, don't let your parents convince you it was a tie. You lost. So... I think that's important for kids to hear in 2019. I think yes, they should yeah, know when they I lose. Taunting eight-year-olds is always kind of fun, so I'm uh, hoping there'll be another opportunity to see things. So. I endorse it. Anyway. All right, the Polanco play. 
Yeah. Uh, you don't bunt a guy to third. Go ahead and bunt him to second to get the tying run and scoring position uh, when you haven't done anything all day, but you already got a run and scoring position. Uh, I've been uh, bitching about bunting guys to third base for 50 years, and I'm not going to stop now. And, uh, by the way, I heard Roy say, well, because it didn't work out, everybody's upset. I want to go on record as saying I went on Twitter, and I said, before the result is in, I hate it. So if Cruz had hit a double and won the game, hey. uh, I still would have hated it. Hey, I hate that play. Hey Pat, that's as close as Rocco has come to criticizing a player though. We yeah. got we we got uh, him to the edge I of the cliff. It. Yeah, you did. And it took you too. Nobody else had asked him, right? You asked the question, didn't you? Well, did, to finally get him to comment on it. Dan Hayes asked what what did you think of how the eighth played out? And and he brought up the Polanco thing and I said, So did you like it? And that's what he oh, basically yeah, said no. That. Yes. Yeah, well, he didn't say no. He said, blah, 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 blah. He probably, you know, we put our players on our own. Here's why I blame Rocco and the Twins. He faked a bunt. He, he squared around at the start of that at bat. Why don't you have Tony Diaz walk down and tell him in Spanish, no, get a hit. You know, why let him do it? You didn't have to let him do it. You could have, uh, you could have uh, said, we don't want you to bunt here. We want you to hit a double. But the so, real blunder I, I, was was on the cruise squibber when both no, runners made mistakes. Yeah, but so what? Neither of them are going to score anyway. That that had nothing to do with winning or losing the game. It was just looked stupid, but it had nothing to do with winning or losing the game. <laughs> Max so, going back to second looked bad. <laughs> it did. It looked back to second, but you know, Gesundheit. So who cares? It didn't. It didn't have any impact on uh, whether they won or lost the game. What lost the game was Polanco not wanting to hit a double. And Joe, uh, and Joe, Judd, as you'll recall, yep. Joe Maurer doing the same thing in 2010 on Full House evening in the middle of the summer uh, basically ruined his image for life. Yep. When he uh, bunted in the, uh, what, bottom of the ninth inning, uh, with runners in first and second and nobody out. And, uh, Everybody gave him hell for uh, for about what the next ten years. So they were playing Cleveland that night, and he got booed. That was the first time he ever got booed. It was the same play, right? Yes. Second, nobody out, right? Yes. And they were trying to come back. Yeah, I hate to bunt the third base. Sometimes I wouldn't have liked it in Polanco's case if they were bunting him to second. But you know, bunting a tie and run to second when you haven't done anything with the bats all day. Uh, that's not quite as uh, bad as, as this. But, uh, uh, you know, right now the boys aren't swinging the bats that well. Uh, they, uh, this has been, they're four and three on this homestand, but they have not played well. They have not hit well. They've been shoddy in the field. Uh, every time the bullpen comes in, you got to go hide in the bathroom because you think you're going to throw up. So, uh, unless it's Taylor Rogers. So they haven't played that well this homestand. I'm I'm detecting a little snag coming up here. How how big of a snag? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. How the hell? You never know. Uh, Gene Mock used to refer with Mock. Of course, he goes back to when the Phillies blew it with uh, six and a half game lead with twelve to go. But uh, but he used to always refer to them as snags. To be a slump for Gene, you had to lose about eighteen out of twenty. So uh, he used to refer to it as a snag, and I, I I call little periods of time when you're uh, not playing real well. In honor of Mock, I refer to those as snags. So uh, there's a – I wouldn't even call this a snag yet, 
But, you know, there's some signs here that, uh, you know what they need? They need Rosario to get hot again. Rosario, for all his gaudy numbers, was a better hitter last year than he is this year. He was uh, more consistent, more dangerous. Uh, I mean, he's got the home runs, but what the hell, everybody does. Uh, he has not been as good a hitter this year. I think he's a little worried about his contract, frankly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, Pat, the, the, pl- had- the Polanco thing to me is interesting from uh, Rocco's side in this. This is this is the thing when you empower your employees completely. Yes. When do you go to them and say, "Okay, I gave you a lot of uh, rope here, but on this on this one, you're wrong, and you can't do that. I can't have this." Because Rocco and he might have done that. He, yeah. he might have done that for all we know. He, but he's certainly never going to tell us. Now, Gardy, we would have much rather had Gardy after that play last night because Gardy would have said, "I don't know what the hell it was." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he was bunting for a hit, he said. Well, yeah. okay, you still need another one. Pat, what's you coming know? up on uh, Royce on baseball tonight, sir? Uh, well, we got TK. Unfortunately, we didn't tape it after last night. We uh, we had we talked to TK on Monday, so we couldn't get him to digest the Polanco one. But uh, the TK doubleheader, always popular, Tom Kelly and Tim Kirchin. Uh so it'll be good. Hey, that Garland guy you guys are talking about, yep. that's the kid that got hurt at Vanderbilt, right? And uh, was, wasn't he the Vanderbilt kid who got hurt after 10 games and didn't play hardly at all? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they ended up, oh, and yeah, they yeah ended yes, up, yes, yes. I think they ended up going 0-18 in the SEC without him. He was going to be like the whole franchise that they played pretty well early, and then he got hurt, and they were awful. So... Anyway, he might be a pretty good player. Roycey on baseball coming up next. That's Patrick Roycey. Pat, thank you very much, as always, sir. All right, Jeff. Enjoy Woodbury. Machine pitch baseball? Is that what you say? He's going to Eight-year-old machine pitch baseball? he's going to watch his grandkid play baseball. (sighs) My nephew just, I think he's like 14 or 15. A lot of patience. I'm so glad that I'm not watching eight, nine, and ten-year-old baseball anymore when I go to visit. It's just bad. How bad is it? It's really bad. Now it's good. Now it's good. Now he's playing with like high school age kids. Oh, so he's playing. They right? know. Okay. They know what they're doing. You know, I'm sure if they you, I'm sure if you love the kid, it's fantastic. But no, uh, I would not. No, it's put not. Up with it. I love my nephew, and no, wasn't very good. All right. For Judd Zolgat, I'm Rami. Jonathan Harrison, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North. Get the mobile app. Talk to you tomorrow. I put myself in their shoes, become much smarter, and then tell you what they're going to do.